Welcome to the Rainbow Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Papaniklov. Rainbow and I are on a mission to upgrade humanity with fungi and expand the collective conscious. This podcast builds a virtual mycelial network of bold, open-minded thinkers and seekers. I chat with experts, thought leaders, healers, scientists, entrepreneurs, spiritual teachers, activists, and dreamers. These are stories of healing, human potential, and expansion. Tune in, root in, expand, and journey with us. Hi, everyone. We have Chelsea Leyland with us today. Chelsea is a friend of mine and the proud co-founder of Looney, which is a new menstrual health and wellness company on a mission to elevate the menstrual cycle and democratize body literacy, offering support through education and innovative science-backed products. Chelsea has been invited to speak across the globe about her experience with epilepsy, medical cannabis, and her focus on patient access, including at the European Parliament in Cambridge University, and more recently on her navigation of endometriosis, pregnancy losses, and reproductive health. Previously, she spent over 10 years DJing and curating music for fashion and art clients globally, including Chanel, Fendi, the Guggenheim Museum, the MoMA, as well as opening for Duran Duran and Diplo. Chelsea's super passionate about building community and with the power of vulnerability being central to her ethos, Chelsea started numerous close-knit advocacy groups facilitating personal support for individuals going through challenging experiences with epilepsy, endometriosis, and fertility struggles. In a culmination of her passions, Chelsea just launched Looney, which I just mentioned, and they're offering some really beautiful products for mood and PMS and hormonal health. And I'm just really excited to share this conversation with you. Uh, Today, it is days before Chelsea gave birth, um, and she's now had a very beautiful and healthy baby. And uh, we chat a lot about everything menstrual health, um, you know, endometriosis, her journey. And it is a uh, a beautiful conversation that uh, we'll, we'll dive right into. Okay. Hi. Hello, Chelsea. Hi, Tonya. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Good. I always get really excited to chat with pregnant women because I think it's like, we're always so powerful, but you just have like double the life force right now that you're holding and carrying. And that is just absolutely wild, wild miracle. So how do you feel like right now you're you're so close to your due date? I feel all the feels, um, <laughs> but it is, I mean, it's funny because that you say that because I was for a, a long time have been somebody that has been very drawn to pregnant women and there's something really magical about it. I guess you're just very embodied and yeah. it does make you feel very grounded. Mm-hmm. But I also think when you're around other pregnant women, when you're not pregnant, you sort of feel that, you yeah. feel that grounded force. But I've had a wonderful pregnancy. Honestly, I, I have no complaints I've been really lucky and I've really enjoyed being pregnant it's been one of the most beautiful times for me wow and now I am starting to feel 
you know, I really feel like an animal. <laughs> I just, I'm so pregnant right now that I just, there's something about me. I don't feel human. I just keep saying that I feel like a cow. Maybe that's the <laughs> That could be the spirit animal that I'm channeling. And by the way, I love cows. So that's I not love cows. Cows are sacred. They are sacred and they're so beautiful. But you know, when you just see a big pregnant cow and they sort of look really uncomfortable, like they're in pain, but you're also just like, wow, my wow. cow's so pregnant. That's how I feel. <laughs> I feel like that really helps me feel what you're feeling right now. And that's really amazing to hear. Actually, I want to back up just a, for a moment. I you like to start all of the episodes by just sharing something that we're grateful for. So what are you grateful for today? I'm grateful to be this far along in, in my pregnancy. I had a really tough time getting here. Multiple pregnancy losses due to my endometriosis. I know we'll go into that mm-hmm. within the podcast. So I really, you know, people talk about it being a miracle, but for me, really and truly is very much a miracle because I thought yeah. I wasn't going to get here. So wow. a lot of gratitude to just be where I'm at today. Mm. I wanted to ask you about that, how that must how that must feel, um, having gone through just this process and offering that hope to others who are in it too. But thank you for sharing. And I'm grateful for the sun today. Uh, it's like shining into my bedroom and just winter. I've been living on the island, as you know, it's been pretty rainy. So it is just like oh, spring energy. It's such a perfect time for you to be like literally giving birth. And I feel that in our surroundings and nature. And it's just always never fails to amaze me that like every year <laughs> it comes and we're all like, ah, like it's, it has such a big effect. It does. It's such a fresh, like upbeat colorful springy energy and I'm feeling that as well and seeing the blossom come out on the trees in New York right now is just like Mm. the best time of the year because it's like the the dark clouds just start to lift and you're like hello world (laughs) yeah oh I love those cherry blossom trees well yeah I mean I want to chat about quite a few things with you today I want to hear I want to hear about your journey which I know has led you to Looney I hear what you're building and the incredible products that you're offering I mean, I know when we, when you and I first connected, we were just like friends. I remember like sitting on my bedroom floor, like chatting with you for an hour, just like getting to know each other. And I think I, I slightly stalked you. Okay. So I love that. But I found you. <laughs> I think I saw an interview with you and I thought you were wonderful. And so I think I was like, I need to meet her. And so I messaged you on Instagram. I was like, can we... Can we chat? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like in 2019, I think probably 2019 or somewhere in there, but so grateful you reached out. And yeah, I mean, I know you have been on such a wild journey. I know that you have experienced endometriosis and this like beautiful healing and where do we start? I mean, any, anything you can offer us, even in terms of just like the background info on, on this kind of state that I know, is it like over 10% of, of women experience this? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think even backing up like one step further for me in terms of like healing journey and where this all began. I mean, first of all, like I'm a DJ, I'm a founder and I'm also a epilepsy, endometriosis, plant medicine, advocate, activist. And I think even prior to the kind of my, my journey with endometriosis, it really for me started with epilepsy, which is another chronic condition that I suffer from. 
and I have a type of epilepsy called juvenile myclonic epilepsy. So it doesn't really start to show symptoms until you're in your teenage years. And so for me, that's sort of about the age of 13. And until that moment, until I started experiencing those those symptoms and then seizures, I was cognitively healthy or, or, or so I thought that had grown up with an older sister who had a very severe form of epilepsy, totally different type to the type that mm. I experienced. So sickness has always been something that has been very much like present for me in my mm. family and was a real fright when I was diagnosed with this same condition that had really held so much heavy weight within my family. And I was put on a cocktail of pharmaceutical drugs to try to quell my seizures. And I was very, very fortunate that around seven years ago now, I had the life-changing opportunity to try cannabinoids from the cannabis plant. And so, you know, I really think for me, that was was the first step to a, a very transformative journey. I was able to wean off all of my pharmaceuticals and ultimately ended up finding a type of medicine that was more effective and, and efficacious mm. for me than the medicine that I'd been taking for a large portion wow. of my life. And I still use cannabis to treat my seizures and I still touch wood, remain seizure free. So that for me was really just like this first, you know, it, it's hard to articulate something that's really mm-hmm. that big and has that much mm-hmm. of an impact. But I think for me, this trust that was suddenly put back into me of we can find answers ourselves and there's always more healing to be done than just kind of how it's presented to us in in allopathic medicine, I think. Um, And really where I just started to to discover more alternative medicine and other forms of healing that really came from within and from myself and from nature rather than, Mm -hmm. you know, what had been recommended to me. So, and it was also helping with a lot of other symptoms like anxiety and sleep so that's kind of where it began for me and I became quite vocal about my experience with cannabinoids and epilepsy I'd been somebody and as a DJ that hadn't really spoken much about my epilepsy for many years and really decided to kind of step into that kind of more advocate role and really build community and and so there was just a lot of different things that were happening there that just allowed me to embody a a different version of myself yeah and that was that was all about seven years ago yeah that was about seven years ago was it a specific cannabinoid like was it a oil or just like could you get enough via like inhalation or smoking or anything like that or was it a specific so I was using or in terms of sort of what I'm using so CBD being the main cannabinoid, I always try and use a full spectrum product, meaning that it has other minor cannabinoids present as well. And really you're using the whole plant rather than just a, an isolated molecule. You're familiar with this given, mm-hmm. <laughs> given your work. So it's really a full spectrum CBD. And then I, I also use a one-to-one ratio. So that's an equal part CBD to THC, which for me has a very you know, balancing effect and also mm-hmm. helps with kind of sleep and mm-hmm. sort of down-regulating my nervous system. But, you know, whenever I talk about cannabis as a medicine, I always think it's important to say that it is a medicine and that you know, it's not a panacea and it's not a one-size-fits-all. So I know a lot of other people with epilepsy, even with the same type of epilepsy as myself, that unfortunately haven't had the same effects, Yeah, you know, in the same way that a pharmaceutical might work well for some people. 
you might be using even just like a ibuprofen to treat something and it works well for some and it doesn't work well for others. So that's why I also say that, you know, I was very, very fortunate to have mm-hmm. the experience that I had. So I started really dedicating a lot of my life, I think, to raising raising awareness, starting this conversation around epilepsy and medical cannabis and fighting for my sister to gain access. And my sister's based in the UK. She lives in full-time care. And even though we had a change in legislation in the UK, the policies that are unfortunately still present mean that there's no access within our public public healthcare system. So I became very much like involved and, you know, that was the kind of activism that I was really, really fighting for fair and safe patient access. And, And a lot of that was rooted in in my sister's situation and she has daily seizures so her her epilepsy is much more severe than my own so we started working on a documentary that has been you know a four-year project we finally finished it and this documentary is focused on uh, epilepsy exploring the landscape of medical cannabis and patient access and as I was making this documentary along the way I noticed that my endometriosis was improving and you sort of asked me a bit about endo before um and there was a chronic condition when did you realize that you had that yeah so I was diagnosed with endo I waited 10 years to receive a diagnosis for my endometriosis wow wow why is that the case that is a great question and unfortunately you know when I connect with other endo patients it's really this is just the norm and it shouldn't be the norm but you know you hear that and you're like wow 10 years to receive a diagnosis I grew up in in the UK I think similarly in Canada you have a public healthcare system don't you so very very privileged to have a a really fantastic healthcare system you know I also have a lot of privilege as, as a Caucasian woman and the fact that I waited 10 years really sort of makes you think, well, you know, how are the communities being affected? How are people outside of the UK being affected? And in the US where you don't have a public health care system, it's yeah. really terrifying. The main reasons, I'm sure you know this, but women weren't required to be in clinical trials until 1983. So we've been excluded from a lot of medical research, which means that the yeah. solutions and the and the diagnosis processes is just really broken and outdated mm-hmm. and you know this is a condition that that affects women and those with female reproductive systems there's a lot of medical misogyny and gender bias within the medical system so unfortunately there's just years of these problems and now we are where we are where we're taking 10 years to diagnose people and and we've normalized pain for mm-hmm. for women, which is a big problem too. It's people think that their periods should be painful. You know, we can go on to talk about, about that, but that's a big problem when yeah. we shouldn't be in pain. Mm-hmm. Our periods shouldn't be painful. We shouldn't be covered in acne. We shouldn't be, our moods shouldn't be so low that we feel like we can't get out of bed. Like these are all indications yeah. that something is is up. So I think it's very multi-layered to answer your question. So, so multi-layered. It's so true. I remember looking at, um, I was reading some some studies about like EMFs, just like electromagnetic radiation and frequencies and how it affects people differently. And basically like all of the research that has been done has been done on men that are like basically six foot two and 190 pounds. And they just kind of lump women into this big category of like 
take extra caution if you're pregnant. And it's just absolutely mind boggling that there's such large generalizations of body structure of just physiology that are being made across every single disease or just even study. I know it's, it's really, it's really holding us back. I mean, I think of something like intermittent fasting where all the research has been done on men and actually, you know, in terms of, you know, our constitution is so different and such a delicate balance of, of hormones mm-hmm. and the way our endocrine systems work, you know, having these monthly cycles rather than these daily cycles. And it just, it doesn't add up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. It's like, we are where there's like layers of complexity with us and, and our cyclical nature and, and those, yeah, that that's, that's hard. Those are hard variables to control in science. Yeah, it's very true. We are beautifully complex beings. Beautifully complex. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I eventually, I eventually got a diagnosis and my symptoms were, were pretty debilitating. I spent years and years in, in agony around my menstrual cycle, pain during ovulation, pain during intercourse, horrific pain during menses as well. I mean, I would be vomiting. I would pass out from the pain and this just became my norm really. And I repeatedly went to my general practitioner and my OBGYN and would, you know, explain that I was experiencing these horrific periods. And I just felt like I was always kind of met with the same response, which was quite dismissive. You know, I was told repeatedly that I should take the birth control pill. And then if I took the birth control and synthetic hormones that by suppressing my period, I would then not experience the pain. And I was sort of made to feel, I say sort of, I was made to feel that I was ignorant because mm-hmm. I didn't want to take uh, synthetic hormones. And, you know, it's important to say that I, I'm not demonizing um, the birth control pill in any way. It serves a fantastic purpose. It's just when it's used for non-contraceptive reasons in this kind of blanket way that that just solves everything. You know, that's that's what we at Looney really, I think, ha- have a problem with. It shouldn't be used for everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. And like Band-Aid solutions that are just Band-Aid like, solutions. let's just get these symptoms managed and not ask big questions. It actually makes me feel like a literal fire and boiling of my blood because it's just so messed up. It really is. And it's like, we haven't been armed with the education, the information to make informed decisions. And that Mm -hmm. it goes even that, that layer deeper of that fiery anger. Anger and rage. Yeah. You know, if you go to a doctor and you trust them and they're saying to you, okay, well, if you, you know, suppress, I mean, obviously they're not even um, articulating it in that way, but, you know, in essence, you suppress your period, you won't experience symptoms. So you're going to think, okay, great. That makes a lot of sense, right? And and we've been also taught that our periods are dirty and that they're inconvenient. You know, there's there's a lot Shame. of negative, yeah, negative energy around our menstrual cycles. So we haven't really been taught that they really are this like life force and this power. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think no wonder most people make that decision to say, okay, great, I'll take it. But to your point, you know, Band-Aid is exactly what it is. Because if you have endometriosis or PCOS or adenomyosis, 
yes, okay, you might not experience the symptoms while you're on it, but what happens when you come off it if you decide that you just want to experience your body without synthetic hormones or you want to try for a baby or whatever it might be? Those symptoms will creep on back and those issues will be there. So that's why looking to TCM, like traditional Chinese medicine or or just Ayurvedic medicine, are really like looking at these philosophies that just allow us to go to the root, I think mm-hmm. is 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 just such a better approach. But yeah. eventually after, you know, I was taken to hospital numerous times and it was always the same, the same kind of response. Like these are just painful periods. And, you know, encouraged, as they say, to take birth control. I took a lot of painkillers that wreaked havoc on my gut, caused a lot of other issues. And eventually my OB said, we could do a laparoscopic procedure, which is, you know, fairly invasive. It's like a keyhole um, procedure and see if you have this condition called endometriosis. And if you do, we'll do excision surgery. And lo and behold, I had endometriosis. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that was sort of, you know, a new chapter of where it began, a relief to get a diagnosis, mm-hmm. I think, because yeah. you kind of feel like you're going crazy. A hundred percent. And one of the amazing things about endo to the extent that I know is that it responds so well to natural medicine. So that's so exciting for people to hear that there's so much in their control and a lot of different avenues that they can approach it with. Right. Yeah. And it's an inflammatory condition. So I think it's like the control piece that you mentioned is important because it's there is so much that we can do, albeit challenging and much harder work, mm-hmm. whether it's around our nutrition and starting on an anti-inflammatory diet, whether, you know, being conscious of, of stress and cortisol and how yeah. that really spikes our inflammation. So it's not an overnight fix and it's not a total fix, you know, in terms of where I'm sitting. I mean, the cannabinoid piece comes in because, you know, as I said, I started treating my epilepsy with cannabis and I noticed a, a big improvement in my endo. And I started to think, maybe this is to do with age. Maybe my hormones are sort of beginning to recalibrate. And at the time, I was working on this documentary and was seeing some interesting research coming out of Israel, specifically on cannabidiol, CBD, and endometriosis. And so it was just this light bulb moment where I thought, huh, maybe there's a correlation there. And so I started increasing my dosage. This was, you know, totally experimenting, and I was getting sent a lot of products because I'd been so vocal across social media and I was getting to experiment and try a lot of tests and try a lot of different products. And I started using cannabinoids intravaginally um, in the form of a suppository. And honestly, that for me was such a game changer. Wow. Wow. And I'd say really the relief that I found in combination with working really hard on my nutrition, working really hard on stress management, really starting to to use other different botanicals and start to like go deeper with understanding my natural rhythm, educating myself on the four phases of the menstrual cycle, learning to move my body in different ways around different phases. There was a lot that I was learning and, and open to, but it really, really helped. And, you know, I would be lying if I said that I'm pain-free today and that I don't need to take anything else. I, I still take usually ibuprofen around my periods, but it's just so different compared to how it used to be. And, and mm-hmm. wow, that's big. Yeah, that's so, so big. What are your thoughts on pain generally? That's a great question. <laughs> In your experience, and there's been some research I've been looking into around 
kind of just the immune system and the nervous system kind of being in a fight or flight state and in a state uh, where it's coming to expect pain and some really incredible tools like hypnosis and things like this that allow us to, you know, I don't, I don't know if I could possibly say transcend it, but to some extent, you know, really start to figure out what that, what that is. Like, I think the pain is, it's an app, it's a messenger. It's, it's a signal from the body serving its purpose, but you've been so like, so intimately connected with it. What is it to you? It's a really great question. Particularly think, I think given where I'm at now with being, you know, a couple of weeks away from, from giving birth and really starting to think about pain and, and what that is, because I think we all have different pain thresholds, right? Mm-hmm. But then our experience of pain must be different as well. And we must experience different levels of pain. I think obviously the relationship between the breath and pain is is an incredible one. I think mm-hmm. that's where it starts, right? So, you know, learning to breathe and having a mindfulness practice, I think is incredibly important if we are somebody that experiences pain chronic pain and it's it's challenging because you know there are moments where we feel that we can have control over it there are moments where it's well we shouldn't really think that we have control over it because we don't right so it's it's having control over our breath that allows us to move Mm -hmm. through it I've been reading a little about hypnobirthing as well because I'm I'm preparing mm-hmm. for the birth now and really just starting to think through like the pain of, of, of birth. I mean, I'm sort of hoping that because of all my years with mm-hmm. endometriosis, oh, no doubt. I'm going to be well, well equipped, but it's so subjective pain, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, I don't know that I have a clear and super articulate answer. I think I'm trying to figure it out. I've got a lot of questions around it. Yeah, I would love to feel like I had mastered it Mm-hmm. Um, or that I had managed to really work through extreme pain with just my breath. Mm-hmm. I always like to think of, and we talk about this a lot at Looney, it's it's about having a toolbox, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What's in my toolbox, you know? And for me, when I think about my menstrual cycles, it's if you choose, if you choose to kind of experience all of the phases, all of the feelings, all of the discomfort then you have to, you have to have a a pretty, um, pretty big toolbox. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do, not just when you're in that moment of pain, but you know, outside of that. So for me, that's like having, I do a lot of yoga, having that, that mindfulness practice, really trying to have the awareness of where I'm at in my cycle is really helpful. So cycle syncing that allows you to create, I think, a little more space and a little bit be a little softer and have more yay yay I love it I I have I have mine on my fridge I brought it out for this I love this I love this so much it's so so helpful for women and menstruating folks to just kind of look and you have to you have to explain what it is now okay so I have in every I don't know if it's in every loony order but definitely in the first order there's this amazing postcard that gets sent and I just ripped it off so it's a little postcard that I have on my fridge that explains the four phases of menstruation or I guess of our cycle yeah but is that right like yeah yeah four phases of our cycle 
using seasons as the as the symbols to break down the phases. Yes, and then it, it breaks it into kind of menstruation, the follicular phase, which I am currently in, which is spring. So winter menstruation, spring is a follicular phase. Summer is around ovulation, and then fall is the luteal phase. And just like such beautiful has suggestions for food, movement, and life. And I think there's no doubt that there are like confines in this world that we exist in, which is a largely, it's, it's a construct of a lot of years of patriarchy. There's no doubt about that. And I think there's just a lot of like a constant pressure for women to fit into that box. And as I started practicing more yoga and actually just learning about women's philosophies within Kundalini yoga and just how sacred and revered the woman is, it was so wildly life-changing for me to learn these things because I was like, that's how I feel. Like, why doesn't everybody also celebrate that? And Mm -hmm. as a culture, like, why aren't we doing that? And it also just gave me such permission to be like, today is this way and tomorrow will be a slightly different way. And there are just like true and deep ebbs and flows of how we cycle through, just even feeling a connection with the moon, seeing that, seeing those cycles shift every single month and and being like, oh, maybe that's why I felt so connected to this celestial body. It's it's a beautiful ability for women. And in the kind of lineage that I practice in, it's kind of like there's all of these centers of the body as well that can be stimulated and aroused, like the cheeks, the back of the neck, the nipples, the clitoris, like, you know, whether like some of that's sexual, some of it's not, but it's like, it's just so my world started to really change and life started to really change when I could see that like nature reflected in me and me Mm -hmm. reflecting in nature a little bit more. And tools like this are, I feel like everybody needs one of these on their fridge to give yourself permission. I love that you put it on your fridge because that was very much the intention for it. (laughs) But it's, you raise a lot of interesting points. And I think for me and for us at Looney, it really starts with and and to have you know that that awareness and as you say like have you've you've gained so much positivity right from from this way of thinking and this way of understanding but i think the foundation of that is being exposed to that information some people don't have the ability to find it as easily because of you know their their background or their culture and i think we are starting from a place like a, a knowledge, like kind of body deficit, right? Mm-hmm. As women. And so I have so much gratitude for from coming from a very sort of like open liberal family. I was always encouraged to do my own research and find my own information and, and grew up with you know, homeopathy. And my mother was a garden designer and worked with flowers. And so I was really exposed mm-hmm. to that from a young age. But I think but so many people that aren't and then have this fear of or, or perhaps more alternative ways of thinking, right? That um, to us might be normal. It's like safer to trust mm-hmm. the physician in the white coat. Like that feels safer. And so I think, you know, what my journey taught me, and again, you know, I I never want to demonize pharmaceuticals or allopathic medicine or you know modern medicine I mean I'm, a, I'm about to give birth and I'm, I'm very much aware of 
having birth preferences rather than a birth plan because you just never know what's going to happen and yes my dream is to have a certain type of birth I would love to have a drug-free birth you know I'd love to give birth naturally but we never know what our path is and how we're going to bring life into this world and and so I think there's always a, a place for modern medicine I know a lot of friends that you know had to have a c-section and we're rushed in and and so it's I think it's just like taking a more holistic view mm-hmm. and sort of being open to both but from from my journey you know first with epilepsy I felt very let down by allopathic medicine I had you know uh I was put on a lot of medication with a lot of side effects I continued to have seizures I never felt that the doctors heard me when I came in with my side effects and felt, you know, very, very low, very anxious, was suffering with a lot of insomnia. There was no room for kind of looking at my quality of life. It was just about quelling my seizures. And then with my endo, in all my time, it was no one ever told me, you know, what is your nutrition like? How are you eating? What are your stress levels like? What are you doing to practice, you know, bringing your nervous system down? So I think that's, where I kind of that was my launching pad mm-hmm. into alternative medicine which was very very powerful and so I think you know all that to say it's it's can we have more of an open you know an open mind when it comes to healing and I go back to the toolbox because it's not just you know Looney is a, a menstrual health and wellness company we, we have developed one product um, which is a supplement to support low mood. And that's the product that we currently have in market, which is a supplement. Um, we have two products that are on the way also. Everything we do is catering towards indications of the menstrual cycle. But, you know, we sit here and say, we are just another tool in the toolbox. You know, it's not we are going to solve all of your issues around your menstrual cycle. It's, it's no, we are trying to encourage body literacy. So we can bring tools like cycle awareness like we were just talking about understanding our our, you know four phases of the menstrual cycle there's so much power in that Mm -hmm. and you know as you say learning each day that it's not going to be the same and having some forgiveness and not trying to fit ourselves into that Mm -hmm. patriarchal system right which is it's a very masculine energy Mm -hmm. it works if you have a daily cycle where each day sort of looks the same yeah but it does it doesn't work where mm-hmm. we have these monthly cycles and these four phases. So I'll always come back to, to education. You know, these are the tools that we should be teaching mm-hmm. menstruators in school from an early age. Like we should be empowering people with this information mm-hmm. so that they can then make more informed choices about whether or not they want to suppress their cycle or not and how they can work with it in a really beautiful and positive way. It doesn't have to be all shame and negativity. There is mm-hmm. so much power in understanding why we might feel more creative at a certain time in our cycle, mm-hmm. how we might work differently with, with team members and, and work on projects. So it's just like, there's so much magic to it. There's so much. Yeah. Is there a, like a specific routine you follow or, you know, to somebody who, somebody who doesn't have a, a, you know, a diagnosis with endo and maybe they are in a lot of pain around their periods. And, you know, I think that inflammation piece, we know that that's such a big contributor to pain. 
in terms of what we're eating and stress levels and everything that you mentioned, is there something that you've done some sort of routine protocol that you've followed specifically? Like I know like, you know, turmeric can really help balancing the immune system can really help things like this, or even just like pointing somebody in the direction if they, if they haven't got a diagnosis, like tips you would suggest for them looking into estrogen or anything along those lines. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there, there's a, a lot that can be done. I think finding a, a physician, a practitioner to work with that uh, has more of an integrative uh, approach, I think is really important. So you can have that that more kind of holistic approach to your care. And I think acupuncture is, is incredibly mm-hmm. um, effective for blood flow for information for helping to balance our hormones i know it's not accessible to everyone because it is especially in the u.s is incredibly expensive but i think if you can see an acupuncturist um, and or herbalist as well that's a great way to support yourself there's a book by Alyssa vitti called woman code i think that's an incredible resource to really understand your infradian rhythm, which she coined this term, which really talks about the four phases that you just articulated so beautifully and how we can support ourselves nutritionally, like based on where we're at, you know, a few things to to be mindful of with inflammation and the delicate balance of, of estrogen um, as well is things like coffee and caffeine can really spike our cortisol as well sugar you know again very inflammatory so it's difficult because it can be very overwhelming for people to sort of clean up their diet but if you can just start I think always with just little small moves baby yeah. steps and choosing if you're somebody that says okay I, I really really can't give up coffee well you know can you replace your coffee for a matcha three days a week and maybe uh, a decaffeinated coffee you know yeah. there are and, and I think experimenting you mm-hmm. know bringing things out bringing things in gluten as well is a big one mm-hmm. with coffee even just having a meal before you drink right like having grounding first and not letting that not spike your empty stomach not on an empty stomach yeah blood sugar and yeah. cortisol Poof. and I think you know take as you say a meal but waking up and having a hot water lemon, not having mm-hmm. your coffee first thing. Can you wait an hour? Can you wait three? Mm-hmm. And I think so much of it is about body listening. You know, a lot of, I think what we have not been taught as women is to tap into our intuition. Like that is so powerful. And I think a lot of the time when you have a chronic illness, that gets sort of stripped away from you quite quickly because you do lose faith. And I know what it feels like when I was diagnosed in my teenage years with epilepsy. Like I felt I felt so let down by my body. That took me years to build that strength back, that kind of spiritual, emotional, physical mm-hmm. strength back. I really felt like my body, you know, I would just have seizures. They would just come up out of nowhere. And I felt like I couldn't make sense of them. You know, sometimes they could, I could say, okay, I was particularly stressed and tired at that moment. But other times they would say, why did I have that seizure last Monday when I know that I've been much more tired than that and stressed before, like trying to figure those things yeah. out was really challenging. So I think I come back to intuition because when I think about the menstrual cycle, again, something that we we focus on at Looney, like movement, for example, you know, I used to be that person that would run like five miles three days before my bleed and really berate myself that I didn't do a good job. 
that I had to stop a lot, that I couldn't maybe even complete the five miles because I was so tired. And I look back on it now and it's just so mind-boggling to me because of course I couldn't run five miles successfully. I was three days prior to, to my menses. And actually that was a time for rest and something more restorative and nourishing to the body. And actually something that my body was really craving, you know, like intuitively mm-hmm. I was feeling like, you know, either you want to kind of like lie on the couch and just chill or something like a half an hour stretch on the mat would feel much more grounding and relaxing and giving yourself permission. Again, it's like coming into that more feminine energy, right? Rather than just like output, output, output. It's like, how do I nourish myself and, and receive. take that energy? Yeah, and receive. And so I think that for me has also been a huge one. And I think if you're somebody that experiences pain, around your period like start listening to your body you know Mm -hmm. like find some great information like elisa vitti's book like that's really great we have a lot of great information at looney as well circulating on our online community which sits in geneva we talk a lot about cycle syncing cycle awareness but just giving yourself permission to sort of say wait maybe i actually know what feels good for me Mm -hmm. i think that that's that's a big one and so, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot that we can do, but I think starting with with kind of educating yourself on the four phases of the cycle, looking at your nutrition, trying to clean it up there. Can you get some acupuncture? Can you start working with a few different botanicals to help really bring that inflammation down? Sleep is everything. Starting a mindfulness practice, yoga or a daily Nature, meditation. Like just Nature. going on a walk, right? Like going to yes. the park. Putting your feet on the earth can be simple stuff to going into. Yeah, like any any green that's accessible will do the trick, right? I love that. Yeah. And I and I think also, you know, a lot of the time with specific illnesses too, it's you know, it is very much our body is keeping that score of some past trauma or it's an opportunity for deeper healing. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we just focus on the top layer, which is like, what are my symptoms? Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot that we can do in terms of really going back to where did this all begin, you know, and sort of trying to kind of go into those deeper wounds and heal them. And also sometimes, you know, because I feel like I've just chucked out a lot of information. I can imagine someone listening to this could say, okay, wait, so I've got to give up coffee, alcohol, sugar, and like all the fun (laughs) stuff. Like this sounds really boring. (laughs) You know, sometimes I like to, to just say that, as you, I mean, you've just pointed out nature being a big one, right? Even if it's like 20 minutes and you can just get out of the house in the day away from your yeah. screen and just put down and nourish yourself that way. But also having a bath, mm. I think is the most like mm. underrated <laughs> gift from God. Yeah. You're talking to like a, a bather. I'm obsessed. So am I. Obsessed. Oh, and yeah go on I mean I don't know if you want to go here but sorry let's I'm gonna go there after but I want to hear your bath story (laughs) well my bath story is very simple I mean I have always loved baths but I think when I moved to New York because space and not having the most like stunning bathroom sort of showers become more convenient Mm -hmm. and when I really started to kind of go into this all more deeply um in terms of like how to take better care of myself particularly in the lead up to my periods bathing is just I mean it became so 
obvious that it was really helping bring the nervous system down. It's just mm-hmm. such a nice gift that you can give to yourself. Again, I know that not everyone has a bath during this pregnancy. I've, I've honestly tried to have a bath almost every night. It's um, mm-hmm. We can't always get like a massage or something like that. Mm-hmm. But this is just yeah. really like, I think it allows us to connect with yeah, just a whole different side of ourselves and feel supported by the water and you can use different essential oils to help bring you down and it just turning down the lights like it's just a really nice gift to give to ourselves and I think it's yeah. incredibly effective when it comes to managing some of these these menstrual symptoms that we experience totally like crawling into a bath an epsom salt lavender bath on the first day of your cycle oh it's like a warm hug yeah so good and it brings us back to like the feeling in the womb I think it's that same feeling where the water supports us I really feel that connection now that I am you know having having my own carrying my own baby who's obviously sitting in water and the amniotic fluid and then when I'm then lying in the bath it's it's really powerful yeah and it's quick and easy and cheap Mm mm-hmm so it's it's a really powerful gift that we can give to ourselves. And I think there's a reason that bathing feels so good and that we've Yeah. It's an age age old. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> totally. It's so cool to think about like that we just started as these aquatic organisms that like haven't even taken a, a breath yet. Yeah. It's incredible. I did want to mention one other thing about endo before we maybe transition to another topic. If you have a few moments, just around the piece of environmental toxins, there's a pretty strong correlation there. Is that right? So like being aware of, you know, what we're putting on our skin and, you know, if, if anybody has access to a sauna that can be really effective at helping to move some stuff through the system. Yeah. I mean, Endocrine disrupting chemicals are unfortunately absolutely terrifying when we think about the impact that they're having on our endocrine systems, not just with endometriosis, but with with our fertility, with how it can affect the baby fetuses in utero as well. They are unfortunately present in so many products that we use on a daily basis, but trying to, again, clean up where you can on the products that we put on our skin to your point the products that we wash our clothes with our food you know where is our food coming from can we buy organic food where possible they are present in just so many things that we probably don't even realize like active wear athleisure you know in our car seats underwear yeah yeah it's terrifying it's really terrifying and I think I personally have to do a lot of work on like actually trying to let some of it go because it can cause a lot of anxiety when you start to really Mm -hmm. so you know it's it's where am I going to focus my energy on because I know I don't have control over all of it yeah we really need policies to change that's what we need you know especially with like PFAs um, and these forever chemicals that that just stay in the environment you know I know that they are sort of tightening up regulations now I mean like in, in New York just in terms of like you know, the legal kind of safe requirement in like water. I mean, that's just like terrifying as well, how they're present in our water. And But I think it's being as mindful as we can to our exposure. But I think, yeah, skincare that you're using is is really important. That's at least a conscious choice that we can 
shift to an extent. Yeah, and and I think food also. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. trying to focus on eating whole foods and not eating processed foods, and and just be mindful of where your food comes from. You know, there are. I think food is challenging from a kind of cost perspective because buying organic is so much more expensive. I think when it comes to the products that we put on our skin, there are ways of doing that more cheaply. It doesn't have to be really expensive organic, clean skincare. We can buy a good quality oil that we can use on our skin and, you know, an avocado oil or an olive oil or whatever it might be. And just Mm -hmm. finding a brand that you trust, you know, where they're sourcing it from. I think it's important for us to educate ourselves so that we can demand better policies because that's where it starts, right? It really is going to start from putting pressure on policymakers Mm -hmm. that we deserve better. And again, it's, you know, you look at the rising world. I mean, yeah, I could talk about this topic (laughs) for too long, but I think baby steps and making small changes and and having that awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to chat a bit more about Looney and just hear how the journey has been going. It's been about about a year, right? Well, we launched in July. Okay. Almost. Not quite. Almost. Not quite. <laughs> so how will you tell us a bit about your product? You mentioned it's mood balancing. I would love to hear about your first year. Yeah. Well, it's very exciting. We're still fairly new. Looney is a, a menstrual health and wellness company, obviously comes from this very, very personal experience with my own menstrual cycle. It's my co-founder and myself. She has also suffered tremendously with her cycles, doesn't have a chronic condition, but very much relates to, you know, needing to lie on the street in, you know, doubled over in pain from her menstrual cycles. And I think so many of us can relate to is suffering with our cycles. So we have one product in market, which is our mood supplement. And we initially started with mood because after conducting consumer research, that actually came out as the most prevalent menstrual symptom, which was actually very interesting because if you'd asked me a number of years ago, I would have thought it was actually menstrual pain. Mm -hmm. And our supplement is a blend of adaptogens nootropics, vitamins and minerals. And we're very proud to be, you know, we talk about Looney being all of our products being research backed. Everything's clinically formulated. We've taken a lot of care in terms of building out our our medical advisory board. So I spoke a lot at the beginning about having this holistic approach. And I think given my own experience, it was really important to have that Western meets Eastern approach, that more integrative approach, because it's not as sort of binary as like you're at, you know, pharma or wellness. It's what we felt was missing was you were either on the woo-woo wellness side or you sort of had to be on the pharma side. And we sort of felt, well, why can't we use a lot of these you know, beautifully botanically derived ingredients? Why can't we create a wellness product, but also make sure that we are research backed and so we brought together a team of advisors we've got urologists OBGYN physicians specializing in hormone optimization we've got a pelvic pain specialist and so we spent a long time almost two years bringing this product to market focused on research and development we've conducted third-party research to prove safety and efficacy of this product and our goal really in the next stage for us would be to conduct a clinical trial which is really the gold standard of research. Again, so that we can just provide consumers with that data so that they can feel confident 
and feel that trust in using our products. Mm-hmm. And also we're the consumers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we came from a place of, I was using a lot of different products and, and botanically derived ingredients that were really effective at the beginning of my journey. But a lot of these products, I didn't know where the yeah. ingredients were being sourced. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know um, if there was if they were safe. And I think for us, we're still so new. We do plan on on creating a, a kind of open source book around all of our ingredients so people can really understand like where they're coming from. We've done a lot of due diligence on that. And in terms of kind of, you know, next stage for Looney, we have two products in the pipeline. One that is focused on breast tenderness and, and menstrual pain. And then we also have another product which is an intravaginal which will also be for menstrual pain and yeah community sits at the heart of Dooney really passionate about building community I spent a long time building community kind of in in the epilepsy community but also in the endo and then just around fertility support because I had such a tough time getting pregnant um, and losing multiple babies and so we've built this beautiful community that sits in Geneva which is an app and we've built out a number of different rooms so we have a fertility support room we have a chronic conditions room we have a nutrition room and we are really really proud of this community that we've built it's a really special place where people are having like open and vulnerable conversations we're doing events there there is it's just a great place to kind of come and learn and feel supported and now we're focused on taking these events offline and bringing them IRL. So mm. it's, yeah, it's an exciting time. There's lots of things bubbling and um, we are still just, you know, a baby. Getting started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible what you guys have done in your first year. And I've taken the product. I had a really, really wonderful cycle actually when I took it. And I love, I love everything you're doing. And I I hope that we will, we have something in the works for July this year, potentially. So we would love to make that happen. Yes, definitely. I'm excited to talk about doing something special together. We're big fans of Rainbow, as you know, and just, you know, really admire and love what you're building. Likewise. Likewise. Yeah. It's so nice to have just supportive, supportive, like women and friends and founders in that circle. Cause we got to like help each other. And it's just so much, so much more exciting to grow this together and contribute to like, you know, us, we love educating as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am thinking about you and the babe and thank you. yeah, just thinking, just very excited and, and sending you smooth. I'm thinking I'm, I'm visualizing like smooth, steady, strong contractions in the next two weeks for you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So excited. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I'm so happy that we, we got to do it before, before the little <laughs> guy comes out. <laughs> yeah. I think it could happen any moment. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you so much for sharing your story and wisdom and journey. Thank you, Tanya. With deep gratitude, thanks for tuning into this episode. If you liked it, hit subscribe and leave us a review. That is always very appreciated. 
Mushrooms transformed my mind and body. And if you're interested in bringing medicinal mushrooms into your life and health journey, check out rainbow.com for our meticulously sourced Canadian fruiting body mushroom tinctures. Until next time, peace in and peace out, friends. Mm -hmm.